Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a tropical weather update from the Daytona Beach News Journal. I'm Alicia Baines, and I'm here again with Dinah Pulver, and we're discussing the wet weekend we had due to a tropical disturbance that passed by the eastern coast of Florida and continued to drop rain on many areas in Volusia and Flagler County, but it really seems like Flagler County got the worst of it over the weekend. As far as the rain is concerned, they sure did. They, I mean, they had some areas that were right up at 13.9 inches of rain. Hard to imagine more than a foot of rain in about 36 hours. And that compares to Daytona Beach, which didn't even get two inches no the rain in volusia county ranged somewhere between one and three inches which is just nothing when you when you compare that the um the interesting thing is that they did get 11 to anywhere between 7 to 11 inches in brevard county so brevard county got a lot of rain so that affects volusia because it is just filling up the st john's river Oh, yeah. The St. John's River was already at flood stage. Right, major flood stage in some areas. Right, right, before the weekend. And after that water this weekend down in Brevard County, the river responded immediately. It's, it's certainly an indication of how much water there is on the ground places and how saturated we are. Because typically when there's a big rainfall, the river may not respond immediately. The river's huge, flows a long way doesn't always respond immediately to rainfall. But this weekend, as soon as it started to rain, the gauges that show the levels in the St. John's River started to creep back up again. Wow. And these have been up for quite a while, ever since Irma. Were it even before Irma, were we seeing? Yes. Well, no, basically about the time. It might have been increasing a little bit, but about the time of Irma, within a few days, within a week after Irma, the river had risen two and a half feet into land. It came up very quickly into land and in Aster and at, um, at Lemon Bluff. Now, since the hurricane, the water at, at, at Aster had dropped it had dropped a fair amount. It had dropped over a foot. Astor and the northern end of the St. John's River is a little bit more influenced by the tidal flooding in Jacksonville. And when the wind, when the wind is pushing onshore in Jacksonville, it, it holds the river up and it prevents the river from draining. So when they get a lot of rain in Flagler County that flows into the tributaries to the St. John's, that can push in and really stack the water up on the north end of the river, say, you know, near Lake George, and, and then to the north, the tides push the river up. So that has been a big influence for the northern end of the river since, since Irma. There have been a lot of onshore winds and some pretty high tides. Once that, if that relaxes at all, it allows the river to flow out. But this week they've seen an increase again at Astor in some areas to the north that, probably are, that are probably a result of both rain and tidal flooding. And it looks like for the week ahead of us, we have not just more rain, but a lot of that onshore wind at kind of, higher than normal wind speeds 15 to 25 miles per hour in some spots yes yes they and um there's some gusts today they had a forecast for gusts up to 40 and flagler you know wind gusts that's that's a pretty intense wind yeah, gust 40 miles sure. per hour and um 
Those strong onshore winds are certainly at play today. I just got a notification before we came in here from the National Weather Service that High Ridge Road is flooded. So they've got a really super high tide up there by Tomoka State Park. And that intracoastal waterway and some of the tributaries to the intracoastal are feeling that influence today. So that road is closed because of high tide there. And um, I think we'll see more of that this weekend. I I noticed a little bit with some trepidation that the governor had a conference call today with the Emergency Management Division to talk about the weather in Florida. So that's not necessarily a good thing. They, no. The governor doesn't really get that interested in the weather usually unless there's a concern. And there's um, the system that kind of was over us this weekend was kind of weird because first it crossed over to the went to east and then it went west again and it kind of stayed around for a couple of days. So it really messed things up. Now this... This weekend, there's a, there's a, this week, there's a couple of things at play. That low down in South Florida is just kind yeah. of lingering around, and it's supposed to make a lot of rain in South Florida. Depending on where that rain falls, it could contribute to continued or even increased flooding in the St. John's River. Right now, the, the rainfall from the Weather Prediction Center is kind of hugging the coast. The more it moves inland, if it moves inland at all, right now they're showing maybe two to three inches of rain, which is still a lot of rain considering how much oh, yeah. we have. But as it, as it creeps higher, if that sort of four to five inch rainfall they're showing on the coast migrates at all toward the St. John's, then it will definitely send the St. John's River levels rising again. And is this over the course of the week or just in a couple That's days? That's the five-day forecast. Okay. That's the five-day forecast from the Weather Prediction Center. It seems to indicate a, an increased likelihood for rainfall. What we don't know is what will happen with the system. You know, the National Hurricane Center says there's a system down just north of the Yucatan. Yeah, I heard that. It is that. also forecast to kind of move toward Florida. And wait, we'll, we'll all be waiting to see where that storm heads up. If it's one of those storms that crosses the peninsula, if it goes right. straight north in the Gulf. And, and, you know, typically in the past, some of those storms have been rainmakers for us. If it comes across yeah. the state very slowly, again, it could dump even more rain. But I don't think that storm is being figured into the wet weather forecast yet. I don't think it is yet. I don't think the National Hurricane Center has really pinpointed it as being anything quite yet. But I was looking at a couple of the models today, specifically the GFS has it developing within the next couple of days. And I think they're projecting it to head more into the Gulf and, you know, kind of that area and staying away from Florida a little bit. But mm-hmm. I think some of the other models have it projecting to go a little bit more east. Yeah, there's been a fair amount of um, a fair amount of talking on weather Twitter, I think, or some of the weather chats about what the Euro shows it doing. So yeah. we're, you know, we're just, we're just ultimately you're just waiting to see because it's really kind of um, far out there to be able yeah. to, for a model to accurately pick what it's going to do. But it, it's certainly worth watching. And I think a lot of people are interested in watching what happens with the system that's down there in South Florida now and this other system. Because we definitely do not need any more rain here. (laughs) No, I just, I went out this morning for a drive. I wanted to see what the river looks like. So I went to... I started in Gemini Springs at DeBerry, which Gemini Springs is, you know, a real popular park. And much of the park is closed because of it's, it's flooded. If you've ever been to Gemini Springs, there were the, the popular fishing dock that's always in use. It's, it's closed. You can't even get near it because of the water. The, the dam where, that holds back sort of the spring, the old, oh, the old swimming area, 
it's all flooded. You can't cross there. And the spring itself is gushing. I mean, it's bubbling up like the old Florida springs used to do. The bubble's really there because all that rainwater has pushed the surface of the water surface up underneath the ground, and it's really sending the water out. And then down in Stone Island, which is an enterprise, there are a lot of homes there that are right on the St. John's River, right on Lake Monroe. And several roads in that private subdivision are closed. People can't get to them. There is water in a few houses there. And they are really just inches away from disaster. If the, if the St. John's River rises, the, the St. John's is just a few inches away from its record. Right, right now today, down near Lake Harney, the river is at 10.11 feet. It's forecast to go to 10.2 feet on its marker. And the record is 11.1 feet, so it's about so eight to nine inches away. Up there. Yeah, from a record flood, and that that flood occurred after her um, Fay in 2008, and um, I think it asked her a couple. Of the Aster, um, the river at Aster is up very near its record, and its record was set in 1933. Oh wow! So if they if the river the river right now is at 4.2 inches at Aster, if it comes up to 4.6 then it will break a record that hasn't been broken since October of 1933. That's just incredible. And ideally, in an ideal situation where we get no rain and we can dry out for a little bit, how long would it take, even in the most ideal situation, for these rivers to kind of drop back to normal? I would say in a normal situation without onshore flow in Jacksonville, it would still take weeks. The St. John's only drops about 10 feet every 100 miles, and it's 300 miles long. It drops about 30 feet from its headwaters to the mouth at Mayport. So the river drop is very slow. It's a very gradual decline. So it reacts very slowly to increases and to decreases. So it, it would take several weeks for it to drop back down to near normal levels. I mean, even in the last three weeks since Irma, it had only dropped a matter of just a few inches in some of these locations. Oh, so... Now that we have all this additional rainfall, it's going to be an even slower progression back to normal. Yes, it is. If you, when we get a rain in central Florida, it's interesting to look at some of the USGS monitoring gauges where, because much of central Florida puts its storm water into tributaries that flow to the St. John's. So during a rainstorm, you can watch, say, a tide gauge, or not a tide gauge, but a water monitoring gauge at the Econ Lockhatchee River. You can watch it rise several feet within a few hours where it's responding to all the storm water it's receiving and all that water flows into the St. John's. So it, it we just collect all this water from this entire huge basin and the pre-development it would have gradually flowed down to the river but now it does it in a very quick manner because they're getting you know they're draining subdivisions in vast areas of heavily developed central florida so all that water pushes into the river and exacerbates any natural impacts wow that's just a terrible situation for anyone who lives near these riverbeds and for those people who live down there i was also at lemon bluff lemon bluff um had had a few years ago back in after Fay, lemon bluff had a few houses had flooded they are still out of the water at lemon bluff but okay. it, they are really just inches away from from more trouble so i think a lot of people are watching the weather very carefully to see what happens over the next few days and hoping that we don't get a significant amount of rain it seems like here in Florida, we get our rain in very big chunks at a time. Like we have an entirely wet season. And then as we saw last spring, we had 
a drought for a while. It just seems very uneven here in Florida. Well, we are certainly um, very subject to all kinds of weather patterns around yeah. the peninsula. So we do get, you know, and we're influenced by whatever, you know, the things that happen in the Pacific. We are heavily influenced by El Nino or La Nina and, and their climate characteristics have a big impact in Florida. So we, it is entirely likely that we could have long periods of drought and then instantly we're suddenly flooded again. It's kind of crazy how quickly our weather can change and how quickly our natural environment can change. Is there anything else you think the public should know about the days ahead and the rain to come? Ah, not that I know of. We'll just have to keep an eye on it, keep paying attention. One of the things that um, some of the emergency managers and meteorologists were saying this week is they're kind of concerned that people are still hurt, came fatigued from Irma, from reading about Maria, and maybe they haven't been out to kind of restock their emergency supply kits. Their people maybe need to restock on batteries and some of the essentials like cookies and chocolate or alcohol or whatever gets you through essentials. a storm. All those essentials. <laughs> So they're saying people should just kind of take a look, stock up, make sure you've got what you need, just in case one of these systems just surprises us and comes up and, and creates a little bit more trouble than we're bargaining for. It's nice to be prepared and not have to fight the crowds at the at the supermarket. Water never goes bad. No, that is true. It does not. <laughs> so go early. That way you can beat the rush. Because I remember right before Irma, I was struggling to find water. Everywhere you went, they were sold out. And then all at once... They had it again. Yes, it's, they got restocked. You know, one of the things I was also thinking about this morning is if you've ever wanted to buy a house at Lemon Bluff or Stone Island or anywhere at Lake Beresford along the St. John's River, there's never been a better time to go real estate shopping because you can tell right now if a property is not flooded, you're in pretty good shape long term. Yeah, we're, we're at some of our record flood levels, and so if you see a house and it's high and dry, at least along the St. John's River, it's a good indication that it may always be high and dry, so it would be a good time to um, kind of go looking for your dream waterfront house. That's a very good point that I'm sure a lot of people had not thought of. I know I hadn't. <laughs> um, thank you always for your wonderful insight and staying with us. Uh, well, thanks for thanks for doing this. It's great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to look it at the weather. Fun. Well, this has been a Tropical Weather Update for October 3rd, 2017. We'll see you next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.